you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 34 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome to the boardroom here <laughs> in the RAM. It's Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Lovely setting, <laughs> as usual, when, when, yeah, when we're off work. So, yeah, yeah, be, beware the flushing toilet. Yeah, we, we, we didn't think I'd mention that, but yeah. No, well, I, I went there. I just <laughs> went there. Um, flushing toilets are quite, mm. you know, they're, they're quite topical at the moment. A little that bit. Seems to be where our season's going, isn't it? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Um, can't can't quite believe the weather's been quite as bad as it is. It seems to be the night before a big set of fixtures, and you're hearing yeah rain smash against the window and fearing for the day after. So yeah, it's not yeah, been, not mean, been the greatest Easter. What you know, what what's <laughs> been concerning me? I think that actually the good the Easter Bank holiday fixtures are a bit of a key moment in the calendar because of course you've got two games very close together. Mm-hmm. You've got two games within four days, which yep. under different circumstances would be a quick turnaround, but. Of course, with bank holiday fixtures, there's always the the hope that you'll get a big crowd, Absolutely. you know, in the same way that you get, you know, on Boxing Day, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, you know, pivotal moment in the season, and, and not, you know, with so many, with so many. Um, Issues to be resolved in the table. Mm. Um, having had sort of back-to-back head-to-head matches, whatever you want to call it, over yeah. the Easter Bank holiday would have been really useful. Actually, with the fixture backlog, getting two fixtures out of the way would have been really useful. Yes. But it seems that we've we've got the worst of every world because we had a busy schedule this weekend anyway, mm-hmm. and now that's joined the busy schedule that we've got for the rest of April. Yeah, I mean, just looking ahead to to the month of April, I mean, there's some teams that are going to be playing four times in seven days maybe for a couple of weeks so it's well and that's seeming unlikely with with the with the, with the pitches as they are at the moment so yeah a bit of a bit of a downer at the moment but hopefully hopefully it, it clears up and yeah the summer weather maybe takes hold well you know I mean we, we look at this from the perspective of the um, of the supporter mm. of course you know the supporters want to they don't want to have their, their weekends ruined but actually you know let's take a minute for people who are running football clubs Absolutely. because of course these clubs our member clubs rely on the revenue of a match mm. day particularly a bumper yeah. bank holiday crowd yeah and uh, you know those those revenue lines are being pretty pinched, I mm. think, at the moment because you know you're jamming in a lot of games, yeah. possibly home games, possibly away games in a yeah. short period of time. It's going to be tricky. Anyway, that's that's enough of our sort mm. of meanderings. <clears throat> we're going to start by um, um, we're going to start on Monday, the 26th of March, and um, there was a there was a Premier Division match between Bridport and Bridgewater Town. There was, and it was a really good crowd from Monday night, 102 there. Uh, at Bridport and it was the home fans who went away happy uh, a 33rd minute free kick uh, from Andy Martin was the difference between the sides there and yeah three, three points for, for Bridport and then on to Tuesday when we had four games in the Premier Division starting off with Cadbury Heath at home to Shepton Mallet yeah and a big big win for Shepton Mallet away from home 5-1 there uh, and Tyson Pollard very much the star uh, he scored a hat-trick for the wayside uh, with Isaac Reed and Joe Morgan also chipping him with goals yeah so a 5-1 win for Shepton Mallet um, Chipping Sodbury Town, they were at home to Cleveton Town. Yeah, and a home win in that one. Uh, 3-0 to Chipping Sodbury, and it was two goals from Jake Thomas, which was the uh, the main part of that win for Chipping Sodbury. And uh, Hallen, they were at mm-hmm. home to Hengrove Athletic. 5-3, Hengrove running out winners there away from home. Uh, and they overcame a late fight back from Hallen, so they did take control uh, during the second half. Luke Crew, uh, Craig Parsons, Joe Brimble and 
uh, Parsons once again had given them pretty much uh, an unassailable lead. Uh, Daryl Charman and uh, Toby Osman, who scored twice, had got Hallen, uh, giving them a little bit of hope late on, but yeah, they fell a little bit short and it was Hengrove who ran out 5-3 winners. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Ray Johnston. Now, the last time we spoke to Ray, he was um, very much at odd down. But earlier this season, um, Ray stepped down from his role, and, uh, and now you find yourself at Hallen. Yes, mate. Yeah, looking forward to getting started. So how did that appointment come about? Well, I believe their manager left, um, so there was a position available. Uh, the timing was right for me to get back in the game. I went and had a look at a couple of their games uh, prior to speaking to them um, to get a feel for the place and have a look what kind of players they need and what players they've already got and um, was quite overwhelmed by the amount of people within the club that actually really got the club at heart. So if I have a look at the table, I mean, Helen are practically safe this season. I think it would take something of a mathematical miracle to put you in sort of... Um, relegation trouble. So, is your job really all about next season, or um, just how important are these last few games? Well, I think mathematically we're no longer in, within a, within a, a chance of winning the league, so uh, <laughs> we'll have to take what we can get. Now, we're all getting serious. Um, this this uh, last few games will just be used for me to uh, get to know the players that is already within the club and have a look at what they've got and, like I say, what they need for next season. In my um, in my opinion, to be able to challenge a bit more than they have been for this season. I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because at this level of football, um, we often uh, the close season is it's a little bit like the Wild West, um, and there is often you know there's a great deal of uncertainty about sort of about players and about and about even managers for for the forthcoming season. Um, but I suppose with your appointment now, um, you do have an opportunity um, to put plans um, firmly in place for next season. Well, like I said to you just uh, earlier on, the, the, the timing is perfect for me. Um, I had to leave, like, I left Odd Down at the start of the season due to um, a lot of personal reasons, uh, which are now sorted, and very keen to get back into it, really. Um, it's a different project to the one that I would have had at Odd Down, but like I say, it's something that I'm very excited about getting stuck into and, um, you know, trying to create a uh, squad that's push for them Europa League spots next year if not more you know whether that happens or not in the first year I don't know that might be something that we build towards over a couple of years but um, they, they need a period of stability and something you know something that everyone can get excited about whether I say whether it's a couple of year project I don't know but hopefully that's something that the whole club will build towards well in all seriousness you could you could have a very big say in which team finishes as runners-up in this year's Premier Division? Because your next three games, um, coming in r- pretty quick succession, it has to be said, Bradford Town followed by Willand, followed by Buckland, all of those t- sides very much vying for that for that second spot. So um, how do you see those three games going? Um, well, you say, uh, you, you say that I, you know, God, we'll have a say in who, where the second-place team goes. I'd say I'm a bit of a donut for taking the job at that time. Uh, no, seriously, we'll have a good go at it. The, like I say, it's an opportunity for all the players to enjoy the rest of the season safe in the knowledge that, like you said, relegation isn't an issue. Um, but it's a time for them to enjoy it and basically just show me that they want to be there for next season. Um, and I'm hoping that the pressure and the uh, the pressure of that is enough to motivate them enough to be competitive. 
Um, I mean, I know you mentioned that you'd, uh, you'd seen a bit of um, Halland before you took on the role as manager, but have you been able to watch much Western League football since you, uh, since you left Odd Down? Yeah, yeah, I've kept myself up to, uh, up to date on who's where and where, and uh, who's playing well, etc. So yeah, I've been getting about watching games. Well, you're you're in a rather unique position then, because most of your most of the managerial fraternity that I speak to on the podcast are either very keen to sort of play their cards close to their chest, or or not necessarily um, want to get drawn into um, um, a discussion about you know who are the, the sort of the leading sides. But of course, you know, re- really, your your hands aren't tied in that way. So, which of the games that you have been able to watch, which are the teams that have impressed you the most this season? Well, Street, obviously, they, you know, they're far and away the winners. Uh, I've been to watch them a couple of times. Um, the, they, they seem to have a good unity within their changing room. Um, their lads, you know, are sort of worth more than the sum of their parts, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, the only ones I haven't really gone to watch are Buckland, so I don't know what they're up to at the moment, but I'll, I'll probably able to report back from there by next weekend. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Buckland are one of those sides that have actually still got quite a few games um, left to play. Now, on the one hand, their games in hand give them a mathematical chance of that second spot. But do you think that the quick succession, the number of games that we are going to have to fit in um, to the last month of the season, do you think that's going to take its toll on, on those sides? Hopefully, hopefully, as far as we're concerned, um, with a bit of luck, now look at our game, I think well, we might be able to put a few different ones in for that and make our job a bit easier. Um, how that finishes at the top uh, isn't really a concern of mine at the moment. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I would like to see... I would like to see uh, Buckland go up purely just for geographic reasons. If um, you know, just just from selfishly for geographic reasons, really. If I'm being honest, but other than that, you know, the best teams will. You know, the league never lies. So the best team and the second best team will end up going up. Well, the, the fixture congestion that I just mentioned isn't something that's um, that's going to plague you, uh, albeit that you know there are there are still I think you've still got six games left to play in the league this season, and and I would imagine that's largely to the credit of your um, of your ground staff who um, who have a, have a leading reputation in in the Western League, and that must have been another um, reason that you've been so impressed with the setup at Hallam. Well, like I said to you earlier, again the. Um there's a lot of people at that club that care very passionately for it, and and, and with that, like I say, they, they they don't offer the biggest budget in the world. It's well, it's minimal, but um, but what they do do is they look after the people at the club very very well. You know, like I say, the facilities that they've got there, not just the actual um, playing surface of the first team pitch, but the whole the whole grounds as such. You know, is is really. Well, I say second to none. You'd have to put Melksham up there, but it's it's there or thereabouts with the best ones in the league, and they put a lot of time and effort into that pitch. Well, Ray, thank you very much for taking um, the time to speak to us. We'll obviously keep one eye on your results for the rest of this season, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that with your pedigree, Hallen will be ones to watch next season. Oh, that's lovely for you to say so. Unless, um, you know, fingers crossed, I can get a good a good squad together. Um, they don't need many, I don't think, to be competitive. So, yeah, thank you very much for your well wishes. And finally, Wales City, not quite so many goals in this one in their game against Bitten. Yeah, also an attendance of 36 there. Uh, and it was Rico Best who scored the only goal of that game uh, to help Bitten to the 1-0 win. 
Now, moving down into the first division, Cheddar, they were at home to Devizes Town. Yeah, and Cheddar unable to hold on to their leads here. A 2-2 draw with Devizes. Uh, goals from uh, Nathan Best and Steve Sokol had put, had put Cheddar ahead uh, on two occasions. Uh, but then the 10 men of Devizes managed to fight back. Uh, Equalisers from Jamie Wallen and then Tom Slater, uh, two minutes from time, uh, he managed to get the, the final equaliser. Yeah, and it ended uh, two all there. Um, Chippenham Park, they entertained Randstock Town. Yeah, another two-all draw. Uh, Aaron Legister and Lewis McCarran scoring for, for Chippenham Park, uh, but Radstock managed to come away with an away point, uh, and it was goals from Will Stead and Sean Percival for them. Well, when both teams score, it's goals galore. Absolutely. It certainly was in the first division on Tuesday, the 27th of March. Our last game mm. is between Malmesbury Victoria and Bishop Sutton. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Bishop Sutton coming away with a one-all draw uh, away at Malmesbury. Uh, they lost Oakland Buck and Otis Williams two red cards. Uh, Bishop Sutton, that is. Uh, Buck had earlier scored to, to put them ahead. Uh, but it was Josh Hughes who managed to get an equaliser for Malmesbury. So they held on and claimed a one-all draw. Now, moving on to Good Friday. Mm. The long Good Friday. We'll mm. come to that. We'll come to that in a minute, and we'll start off with the Premier Division. Bitten were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, Longwell Green obviously doing pretty well uh, this second half of the season, fighting back somewhat, but they were unable to hold on to a lead here. Uh, yeah, two-one up at the break. They fell behind to, to Luke Bryan's early goal uh, before strikes from Ben Allen and Connor Davis had them ahead at the break. Uh, but yeah, Alex Grimshaw managing to get a, an equaliser for Bitten during the second half. So yeah, that one finished two-all. And Shepton Mallet, they took on well. City. Yeah, a third straight league victory for Shepton Mallet, doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, and it was a single goal from Ashley Wilmot, 23 minutes into that one, uh, that gave them uh, Shepton Mallet the 1 0 win. And finally, the only other Premier Division game that got on on Good Friday was Wellington at home to Bridgewater Town. Yeah, Wellington uh, running out 3 1 winners in this one. Bridgewater suffering a little bit of a slump uh, last week. Uh, Sam Towler had put Wellington ahead uh, before Ian Bellinger then doubled the advantage uh, in the 28th minute. Uh, Glenn Wright put them 3 0 ahead. Uh, before Tom Llewellyn uh, struck uh, for Bridgewater but yeah um, nothing more than the consolation it was yeah Wellington who uh, claimed the 3-1 win we're getting the sound effects of the big city Absolutely. Yeah. we're getting a lot of sirens they know where Tom is <laughs> chasing me down we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Uh, in the first division, a, f- a few more games, um, five in to- six in total, managed to get on, which was um, which was good. We start with Bishops Lydiard against Chard Town. Yeah, a bit of a frantic start to this match. Uh, Bishops Lydiard eventually running out four two winners. Uh, Ryan Barrington Brereton put them ahead after just forty seconds, so perfect start. Uh, and then Mark Clooney uh, fifth minute penalty, giving them a two 0 lead. So yeah, pretty amazing start for Bishops Lydiard. Uh, Ryan Paris then pulling a goal back for Chard. Uh, before Jordan Loverbond restored the two-goal lead uh, for the host just before half-time. Uh, Liam Cleal then got a goal back for Chards to make it 3-2, uh, but then uh, Brerington struck again uh, to make it 4-2, and that was how it stayed. So Bishop Lidu claiming three points there. Well, I'm delighted to welcome Brett Andrews, the manager of Bishops Lydiard, to the Toolstation Western League podcast. Brett, thank you very much for taking the time um, to join us. Um, you were one of the few teams that managed to play on uh, both uh, bank holiday days. So um, uh, four points out of six, you must be very happy. 
Yeah, very pleased. Um, although six would have been a lot nicer. I mean, you're having a, a reasonable um, season. Um, you're currently uh, currently ninth in the uh, in the first division. How does that sort of sit with the expectations that you had at the start of the season? Uh, start of the season, I would have uh, been aiming for a top six place um, based on our performance last year. Um, so maybe a few places below where I'd like to be at this stage of the season. I mean, you're not a million miles away from that, are you? I mean, is is that still an, uh, is that still a goal of yours? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, still a goal. But um, I think uh, looking at some of the sides below us with games in hand, um, I think maybe a more realistic target needs to be to remain within the top ten, um, but aiming, you know, for top six if we could. Although it is interesting to see that in the fixtures that you've got coming up, you do face the likes of Devizes, Welton, and Cheddar. So, to a certain extent, I mean, I wouldn't go quite as far as to say it's in your own hands, but certainly your team could uh, could do itself a big favour by getting results against those sides yeah well we seem to have um, been drawn a lot of away fixtures and long away fixtures um, towards the end of the season which is uh, you know a little bit uh, disappointing but um, to be honest um, on our day I don't fear any of the sides in the league um, and uh, you know we have improved of late um, so hopefully we can continue that to the end of the season I said at the top of this interview that um, you're one of the few teams that have managed to play on both bank holiday days and in fairness you, you, in, in the first division you're a side that has been able to fulfil most of its fixtures there are certainly clubs that are in a far worse position um, than you are so the fact that you've actually got quite a few away games in a way is a testament to your ground staff isn't it that they've actually managed to get you playing yeah we haven't I think we've missed one I think we've only had one called off uh, this, so far this season I mean if we have a look at look back at the bank holiday weekend obviously the rain was absolutely torrential um, how did um, how did that affect your games um, at um, Chippenham Park and then the home game of course you had on um, on Good Friday against Chard yeah Good Friday was um, fairly wet but the pitch held up remarkably well um, and didn't cut up at all so well didn't cut up at all too badly um, so that was um good to get that game played um, and had a decent crowd there to watch um, on the bank holiday and rather surprisingly Chippenham's ground was perfect Um, there was no water on it in fact a lot of the players wore rubber studs um, which was rather surprising You've got Oldland um, coming up on um, on Saturday um, and then only a couple of days later as a swift turnaround where you entertain um, Welton Rovers but um, I mean it could be worse for you in April couldn't it? It could be and I think a lot of sides are playing three games a week and we're still with a manageable two a week and quite happy with that Excellent. One last question for you, Brett. Obviously, you know, you have fulfilled the, the vast majority of your fixtures so far. Um, we obviously, at the, on the podcast, like to have a look at the battle that's going on at the very top of the, of the first division. Over the course of this season, which of, the, which of the teams in your division that have impressed you the most? Uh, I think Kingsham, to be honest, um, have impressed me the most. Um, they beat us quite um, substantially uh, at their ground, albeit, you know, I still say that the home advantage does provide them with an advantage um, of their uh, pitch um, and facilities. So, um, yeah, I still think that they could be right up there challenging at the end of the season. Brett, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us and um, all the best of luck in the remaining fixtures. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. Thank you. 
Now, Carn Town, they were at home to Chippenham Park. Yeah, and Chippenham Park uh, coming away with a 3-2 win. They're doing well on, on their travels at the moment. I think that's seven points from a possible nine uh, away from home. Stuart Windsor had put Carn ahead uh, before goals from Jamie Norman, Matthew Mead and Jamal Chevalot put uh, Chippenham into a pretty strong lead. Uh, and they managed to hold on despite Billy, Lo- Billy Bokes' late consolation for the hosts. Devizes Town, they took on Ch- um, Caution Town. Yeah, they did. Uh, running out 3-1 winners. Uh, it was goals from Matt Russell, Ashley Locke and Josh Brigham helping them to the three points. Uh, but Caution's goalkeeper, Joe King, uh, managing to get on the score sheet. I think very much a wind-assisted effort from him. Uh, he had levelled the scores. Uh, yeah, but it was Devizes who ran out the 3-1 winners. Joe King. Uh, there's an April Fool's Maybe. name. I hope I haven't been caught you. out. Well, I'm sure you haven't. I'm sure he's probably sat at home listening and just thinking, how dare you take the mick out? I'm really it? hoping I haven't but, you been know, caught out. The goalkeeper's um, scored. We should take our hats off to him. I'm now very worried that he may not have. But... Well, tweet in, Joe. <laughs> tweet in. Let's say that you're a real person and that we haven't just been that I didn't notice that by is... some cruel oh, no. joke. <laughs> I mean, if, if it had been... A, if it had been I think the game had been played on Sunday. I think you might have had um, I think Gull- something to worry about. I think Gullible's also written on my forehead, but we'll carry, oh we'll carry on. I'm sure it's real. <laughs> I am sure it's real. I'm very worried. All uh, right, Kensham Town took on Oldland Abertonians uh, a huge crowd for this one yeah 217 uh, it's really good to see and obviously they're supporting a side that are doing pretty well towards the top of the table so that always helps uh, and it was a 4-1 win for Canesham in this one uh, Matt Brown who's our leading scorer in the first division so far this season he scored uh, in either half uh, to help them to the win uh, Ben Bamman opening the scoring for the K's uh, on his home debut uh, before Craig Wilson made it 2-0 uh, and then Brown got in on the action scoring just before half time to, to pretty much put the game to bed just before half time Oldland then got a goal back but then uh, Brown completed the score yeah so a 4-1 win for Kenshin and another one of the first division's top sides Roman Glass they were also in action at home yeah and they overcame a, a half time deficit to beat Almondsbury 4-2 uh, Ashley Knight scoring uh, two goals for the away side to put them 2-1 up uh, but then Roman Glass managed to fight back uh, pretty free scoring side I think they got more than 100 this season uh, and it was Reese Hodgson he scored twice for the home side uh, with further goals from Jake Cox and Ryan Radford uh, to claim the free and finally, uh, Westbury United proving that anything you can do, we can do better. And they did it in front of the biggest crowd of the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, indeed. 225 there uh, at Meadow Lane. Uh, and it was, yeah, Westbury running out 3 0 winners. Uh, Ricky Holbert's header putting them ahead uh, before second half goals from Mark Robinson uh, and Martin Johnson helping them secure all three points. Now, let me tell you about my long Good Friday. Go for it. Um, I started off. Uh, in in uh, midsummer and autumn, mm-hmm. um, where I was eagerly anticipating the Coalfield Classic oh, yes. and catching up with a few of my um, <coughs> um, a few of my old friends from my summer valley days, sure. and um, good news came in at about half past ten, which was that the pitch was p- playable. It had passed mm-hmm. an inspection. Good. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to the ground about half past twelve. Kick off was scheduled for about half past one. I wouldn't say the crowd was particularly building, but certainly both sets of players mm-hmm. were in the clubhouse sure. getting ready for um, for the off. Uh, only to have another um, pitch inspection going on at the time. Now, in fairness, it had been raining right. um, heavily, certainly <coughs> since half past ten. In fact, um, it, it left. It had been raining heavily since I left my office the uh, the, the day before. Right. Unfortunately, the game the game didn't get to go ahead, which was obviously the story really of the whole of the bank holiday mm, weekend bit, for, yeah. for, for many people. And we'll, mm. I mean, we'll come on to just sort of how many games were played on on Monday as a result of that. But mm. certainly, well, not able to get that massive home game against Redstock on 
um, on uh, Good Friday, and unfortunately, it also put pay to their pitch for the Monday for the Monday's game as well. Anyway, I thought, well, not to worry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to Melksham. Um, I'm going to go. They were they were kicking off at three o'clock yeah. anyway. So my yeah. plan was to watch the Coalfield Classico mm-hmm. and then try and catch the second mm-hmm. half okay. of Melksham's game. Double so header. The, the mm-hmm. Exactly. I was, I was, I was going to I was going to do that. It was going to be my long good Friday. Fantastic Friday. Sky well, it would have been. Sky would be And of course, the game kicked off. Yep. And uh, so I thought, right. I, I, funnily enough, I ended up actually getting held up at um, Welton Rovers because okay. I was chatting to that many yeah. people about all of you know, you all do. of the goings yeah. on yeah. in Western League football. It's always good to catch. Sure. Ground grading we covered, we covered promotion <laughs> into the first division, yeah. the Premier Division, the Southern yeah. League. Yeah. Awful lot of awful lot of ground covered. Mm-hmm. So it was it was all good stuff. I lost complete um, understanding of the time. Mm-hmm. Left at three o'clock yeah. and thought, well I can still catch the second half. I got to Melksham, started driving up the track. Mm. And there's loads of people coming the other way. Mm. And uh, of course I then find out <laughs> that um, the game got called off at half time. Mm. Which, if you're a Melchior fan, is... Um, yeah, probably a good thing. It would have been, on the grounds that they were losing to. They were. Um, but, yeah, that was a bit... Um, that was a little bit disappointing. So, yeah. having attended two football <laughs> matches that were certainly at 10.30 in the morning yeah. on Good Friday, both of them were going ahead. One of them actually did actually kick yeah. off. Yeah. Um, I actually saw... I didn't see a ball being kicked. Never mind. Yeah. Have some sympathy for me, but have some sympathy... For the, for the Western League family yeah. uh, because frankly that story of woe is repeated tenfold on um, on Monday the 2nd of April when we only had three games yeah pretty unbelievable but well not that unbelievable as I say considering the volume of of rain and yeah seeing a couple of social media postings of pitches and well what were pitches um, yeah it's not that much of a surprise I guess no I know there was a fantastic one I know one of your favourite grounds in the league is the mm-hmm. Flying Monk ground I hope to visit it at some point yeah. well I mean if you had it done on Monday I think you'd have needed a boat <laughs> so I think yeah, the only thing that they'll be getting up to at um, mm-hmm. Malmesbury is um, water polo at the moment but um, anyway we did get a few games on on Monday the 2nd yep. of April we'll start in the Premier Division with um, really what was a fantastic result for Cribs mm-hmm. it was a rerun of course of last season's Les Phillips Cup final but this time the roles were reversed it was uh, a 4-2 win for Cribs and they got a decent crowd obviously um, potentially a few fans from further afield finding a game and, and checking out which is good to see uh, yeah and it was uh, Charlie Alden who was the main man for Cribs uh, after opening the scoring uh, he saw Gary Higdon cancel out that that, um, that lead uh, but then just before half time Melksham keeper Rob Brown was was red carded for an off the ball incident uh, and from the resulting corner uh, Cribs were actually given a penalty uh, which Dan Spicer fired home uh, to give them a 2-1 lead at the break Higdon then scored his second equaliser of the day uh, to take him comfortably ahead uh, in the leading score charts this season uh, but <laughs> but then further goals from Alden uh, and then Jack McKenna in the final half hour uh, gave the Cribs all three points, yeah, and a 4-2 win. Uh, fantastic, fantastic result for them and, yeah, very much um, rewarded for getting that game to go ahead. Yeah, a setback at the top of the table there. I think mm. that um, um, having got out of jail free against yeah. Bradford Town, um, Melksham's rivals at the top of the Premier Division will um, will be um, will be breathing a sigh of relief that yeah. um, um, an opportunity may well have presented itself for the likes of Buckland and Willand, and indeed Bradford. Uh, anyway, moving down into the first division, Chippenham Park against Bishop, uh, Bishop's Lydiard, and um, well, 
not much to see here. No, uh, a nil-nil draw. Uh, probably the, the conditions playing a role somewhat. But yeah, so nil-nil and the Chippenham eighth and Bishop City are now ninth. And finally, on Monday the 2nd of April in the 1st Division, Roman Glass and George, they were in action again. This time the visitors were Oldland Evertonians. They were, and uh, yeah, another four goals for Roman Glass and George. Uh, and obviously, owing to the fact that uh, the other games were postponed, they've now gone top of the table. Uh, so yeah, very much uh, enjoying life at the moment. Not sure who scored their goals yesterday afternoon, but yeah, uh, a 4-1 win for Roman Glass. That concludes the action over the Bank Holiday weekend, but of course we have to take a look ahead at the up-and-coming fixtures, and I've got a sneaking suspicion that as the weeks go on, Tom, this list is going to get longer. Yep. In fact, actually, I think we're going to spend more time talking about the upcoming fixtures for a while than we do um, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the games that have gone ahead. Let's hope that that's not the case. Anyway, we start off on Wednesday the 4th of April in the Premier Division. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so on Wednesday evening, uh, we've got Bridlington versus Bridport, uh, Cadbury Heath versus Buckland, uh, and then in the first division, uh, we've got Almondsbury versus Radstock, Chard versus Ashton Backwell, Welton versus Oldland, and Westbury versus Devizes. So hopefully six games on Wednesday evening. So now we move into Saturday, the 7th of April, uh, and we start off with Les Phillip Cup quarterfinals. Now, of course, this time last week we drew the, uh, the semi-final, so we know what the semi-final line-ups are. What we don't know is who will play at street. It will either be Buckland Athletic or Brislington, and we don't know who will be playing at Bridgewater, so it will either be Bridport or Shepton Mallet, and those ties will be played uh, on Saturday, the 7th of April. In the Premier Division, Tom, five, five games. Hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, so we've got Bidden versus uh, Bridgewater Town. Chipping Sudbury Town, they host Wellington. Uh, Long Ago Sports against Cadbury, that's a big game. Uh, we've got Street versus Melksham, and then finally Willen versus Cripps. And in the first division, um, a, a busy schedule on Saturday, and it's Ashton and Backbury United take on Devizes, Bishop Sutton against Almondsbury, Chard Town take on Westbury United, Corsham Town take on Cheddar, Canesham Town at home to Carn, Malmesbury Victoria against Wincanton Town, Oldland Abertonians take on Bishop's Lydiard, Portishead Town take on Welton Rovers, Radstock Town entertain Bristol Telephones, Sherbourne Town take on Chippenham Park, and Warminster Town entertain Roman Glass and George. Now, if we have a look back um, at those fixtures on uh, on Saturday, Tom, is there anything there that uh, particularly tickles your fancy? Yeah, well, yeah, slightly. I kind of mentioned it down towards the bottom of the Premier Division. Uh, Longer Green Sports have uh, been doing well. Uh, the team just ahead of them in the league is Cadbury, and I think if they've got any any uh, designs on finishing above of 19th this season, they're probably going to have to win that game to, to to catch Cadbury, who do have an awful lot of games still to play. Uh, so yeah, I think in the uh, uh, in the Premier Division that would probably be uh, my pick of the games. Uh, a couple of games um, that um, I'll be I'll have my eye on in the Premier Division. Obviously, Street um, entertain Melksham. That should be a good game. Street are on an incredibly impressive run of wins. I think it sounds like 20 isn't it? Consistent. Sounds about wins, right, yeah. Something like that. Well, it's not so much that Melksham would like to take that record, that Melksham need to take that yeah, record yeah. after the, the slip up against Cripps. Cripps themselves, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can put on the same sort of performance away at Willen that they did against Melksham because those two games could have a real impact on how things shake up at the top of the Premier Division. And um, a bit of a uh, Wiltshire derby earlier in the week between Westbury and Devizes. Um, I think we heard earlier in the season on the podcast um, from the Westbury manager or joint manager Neil Kirkpatrick about um, how 
the game against Devizes. That is a that is a real derby match. That is, and um, uh, you know there'll be uh, it, it could have massive implications again on the top of the first division because Westbury only a point behind Roman Glass, um, but um, and with a game in hand, uh, and uh, of course at that point that will um, that will bring them level. So um, uh, could be an interesting one. Right then. Uh, we move on to parish notices before we get into the statistical stuff, and a uh, couple of uh, couple of bits and pieces. Are you an April the first prankster? Not you know, not including the Joe King. Not including Joe King, of course. Um, I'm not, so to speak. You're no. not. I, I, no. I must confess that I, I do, I do dabble myself, <laughs> and I, I have the capacity to be quite naughty, <laughs> and uh, um, as indeed. There was there was some quite uh, jocular um, tweets okay. on uh, on on April the first one one from um, from Bridport which I, I won't go into because um, I think that it might it, it probably sent pulses racing amongst the hierarchy of the Western League where when when um, when I when I'd worked out what was going on I, I thought it was actually quite amusing and in fairness um, very much comes out of the Ian Knockholds envelope of April Fool's gags. Um, but um, on, a, on a slightly less on a slightly less um, pointed note, um, I think that um, my my prize goes to Chipping Sodbury, who um, who managed to convince everybody that one of their central oh, defenders yeah. had been picked for Guam. I did see that, uh, and indeed Guam joined in. I did. So um, yeah. so hats off to you, Chipping Sodbury. <laughs> um, that was um, excellent, excellent work. Very very amusing, uh, very good humoured, and um, more of that. Uh, please. Now then, um, there is a, an advertisement out at the moment. You'll see this in Tom's bulletin. Westbury United are looking for a new club secretary. Anybody interested should email Chairman Greg Coulson on chairman at westburyunited.co.uk. You can have a look at the bulletin for those details. And finally... I um, spoke to the marketing um, officer at the Somerset Football Association recently, that's Connor Ogilvie-Davidson, um, about an exercise, a consultation, no less, that the, uh, that the county FA, Somerset County FA are running. Th- this is not an opportunity for anybody who lives outside of Somerset who is... Uh, listening to this podcast to switch off um, for the next few minutes because actually the, the reason that the Somerset Football Association are undertaking this consultation is relevant to all of the county FAs but it looks like Somerset have got a, a, a more direct approach at gaining feedback than perhaps um, some of their county FA colleagues. Anyway, I started off my discussion with Connor um, by asking him why the Somerset FA are running this consultation so close to the the FA's grassroots survey. National Grassroots Survey is just that. It's a it's a survey that has a very national focus. That's that's run, administered. Uh, the questions are developed by the Football Association. The results are shared with us, um, and we we recently went through them. Uh, but to develop our next three year county strategy, we wanted some more detailed local input from um, the grassroots football family in Somerset. 
One of the things that interests that's interested me since I've been involved with the Western League is that I've started to understand a little bit about the organisation of football. And there is the Western League, of course, with its board and its member clubs. And yep. there is the Football Association in Wembley. Yep. And there is the County FAs. And, of course, we're talking to you as the, the Somerset County FAs. If everybody yep. else who doesn't live in Somerset has switched off at this point, please don't, because this is relevant to all um, the County FAs, and we'll come on to that um, shortly. But there are things that you are responsible for, and there are things that you are not. And one of the issues that, of course, is very a very hot topic for us at the moment on the Western League podcast is, is the severe number of um, of uh, match postponements. Now, of course, yes. um, I'm not expecting you to, to say that you're responsible for the weather. Sadly not. But, but, effect, but fixtures and arranging fixtures and cancellations yep. is, particularly in the Western League, for, for example, yep. is not something that you're responsible for. No, it's not. And as you say, we, we would absolutely love to be able to control the weather because that has affected our County Cup competitions as well. In terms of organising fixtures, um, it is actually only our County Cup competitions that we have any jurisdiction over. Um, in fact, fixtures our, are um, a league's responsibility and then also a, a club responsibility to be able to kind of fulfil those fixtures. But that's, of course, something that gets fed back to us quite regularly, that people would like more regular fixtures and less po- postponements when actually, sadly, that's not something that we can necessarily directly affect. We do here have our county development manager who works very closely with clubs um, with the FA's pitch improvement program and being able to recommend um, certain pitch improvement exercises and um, maintenance uh, contractors and suppliers but it's not something that we necessarily directly affect. Alright, well I've let you off the hook with that one, but now tell us something that you are responsible for. What are the sorts of areas, and you don't need to be completely um, 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 comprehensive in this, but what are the sorts of areas that people could tell you um, or could feed back information on? So something that we we get back quite a lot is perhaps a um, a parent who is either a keen spectator or a player themselves, and they want to get their children um, interested in football. And perhaps if there's not a a local youth club or um, a youth section to them, in fact, um, setting up a new club, whether it be in this example a youth club or indeed a, a, an adult club or a disability club, women's and girls, that is something that that we we deal with um, football clubs and some all affiliate to us and setting up a new club and club affiliation and um, aspects of being able to grow your club attracting players is something that we can directly help people in Somerset with so um, growing the game in that respect is something that that we can help with and we do even offer um, financial support for certain types of teams that we would like to to grow within Somerset. Well, when I think about the football family, it's pretty wide-ranging and it covers everybody from the sorts of people that you've just been talking about to sort of administrators and obviously players and managers and coaches. Yes. But also people like me who are fans. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what range of people do you want to hear from in the county? We would like to hear from absolutely anyone who has an interest in direct involvement or even an indirect involvement with football. Our, our survey is responsive to which roles people hold. So you will only be asked questions specific to your roles so we have um, roles within the survey that we have set up for instance say players referees coaches spectators parents etc but actually if we haven't um, listed your role and come up 
with questions for that role already, there is an option for you to fill in an any other involvement section where actually you can go, well, I do X, Y, and Z, um, and I would like to offer feedback from my point of view as well. So absolutely anyone who has an interest in football within Somerset will be able to fill in and provide useful feedback to us for us developing our county strategy. This is going to be a very interesting conversation with people in Somerset, but if you're living in, in Wiltshire or Gloucestershire or Devon or Dorset, perhaps um, less so. However, this exercise that you're undertaking is still very relevant to those counties, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So as I previously mentioned, we are completing this obviously to to improve football in Somerset but it is an exercise that goes to the Football Association in Wembley basically to get rubber stamped Um, every county FA is completing this exercise and will submit their next three year strategy by the end of May so if there is for example someone living in Gloucestershire, Devon or Wiltshire who would also like to provide feedback to their county football association I'm sure that those county football associations will will welcome any feedback however I'm not sure if they're actively running a consultation like we are but as I said if you were to call or email your county football association if you do not sit underneath Somerset then um, they will gladly receive your feedback and I'm sure incorporate that into their next three-year strategy as well. And for people who are living in Somerset how can they fill in this uh, consultation? So we've made it nice and easy for um, people to to fill in our survey if they just head to our website somersetfa.com it's the very first thing that you see on our homepage. Um, tell us what you think and it is also plastered across a number of pages across our website it's very difficult to miss it's also on our social media channels if any of you follow us on Twitter or Facebook and it will be open um, until April the 9th yes Yes, we are planning to close the survey at 5 o'clock on the 9th of April which is a Monday so if anyone would like to provide feedback um, that is the deadline for providing it for us to be able to feed it into our next three year strategy and hopefully that won't take necessarily depending on how many roles you have in the game any more than five or ten minutes and it's, um, it's well worth uh, well worth taking the time to do that absolutely yes we've we've made it as quick and easy for people to complete as possible but also in enough detail that actually it's useful for us as well and as you say it does depend on how many roles you hold in football so if you hold a multitude of roles it will obviously take you slightly longer than say if you're only a referee Uh, but we would like to think that the opportunity for you to provide feedback from a multitude of different roles and for us to feed that back into different streams of what we're responsible for will be worthwhile for people and there is also a prize draw at the end of the survey open for anyone who completes it where there is an opportunity to win FA Community Shield tickets tickets to England matches and also um, Nike kit as well so we hope that that makes it even more worthwhile for people to fill it in and my thanks to Connor for his time now then Tom we didn't do it last week but do you want to have a very quick run through uh, the league's leading goal scorers yeah, uh, the top two in each division uh, continue to do well. I've mentioned them a few times during the podcast. So in the Premier Division, so league goals, uh, Gary Higdon has now gone past uh, the 30-goal mark for the season. Uh, thanks to two goals on Easter Monday, he's now on 31. Uh, with uh, the street duo of David O'Hare and Stephen Murray on 18 and 17. Uh, not really chasing hard, but they're in second and third. Uh, and then in the first division, uh, our leading scorer is uh, Matt Brown. He's on 24. Uh, added a couple more. Uh, over the weekend 
Uh, and then in all competitions, Higdon on 33, Brown on 25, and Murray of uh, Street, as I mentioned earlier, he's also on 25. So yeah, they're the, they're the hot shots at the moment. And um, we'll have a quick look at the, uh, the league tables as well, just to see how those few games mm. over the bank holiday weekend did manage to change things. If you start off in the Premier Division. Yeah, sure. A little bit of movement. I mean, Street, obviously, top of the table, uh, 29 games played, 25 wins, 77 points, so a 14 point lead uh, over Melksham, who have got 63 points and they've played a game more, they've played 30. Uh, Bradford in third they've also played 30, they're 62 so a point behind Melksham uh, and in the race for second spot Willand, they've played 28 so two less than Melksham and Bradford, they're on 61 so two points off second place if they can win a couple of their games in hand then they very much uh, in pole position for second and we must also probably mention Buckland uh, they've got quite a few games in hand so obviously that may catch up with them uh, or it may work in their favour so they've played 26 they've won 17, they're on 53 points so 10 points off Melksham in second but four games in hand so obviously do the maths they can go up into second if they win all of those uh, I know a few weeks ago there was a chance that Street may have clinched mm. the Premier Division title um, with their home game against mm. Melksham I think that the cancellations over the yeah. uh, last couple of weeks has uh, put pay to that but mm-hmm. they're certainly not far away anyway moving down into the first division I was going to say that it's all about the, uh, the top three um, but that's um, that's not really telling all of the story because there's a very keenly fought race for the FA Cup places. And actually, if you look below the top three, Roman Gars played 36, they're on 79. Westbury played 35, they're on 78. Keynesham played 35, they're on 75. So those three well ahead of the rest. But in the chasing pack, chasing for those FA Cup places, Radstock in fourth played 30, 52 points. Devizes, 32 played, 51 points. Welton Rovers, 31 played, 49 points. Uh, Chippenham uh, Cheddar, 29 played, 49 points. Chippenham Park down in eighth, 38 played, 47 points. And actually, you can go all the way down to Malmesbury, in 11th, who've played 31, and they've got 45 points. So a run at the end of the season could easily see a lot of these play, these, these teams in mid-table um, fighting it out at the end of the season um, for one of the, the valuable FA Cup spots. At the bottom of the first division, Warminster Town look increasingly uh, cut adrift. Played 34, they're on 23 points. Four points ahead of them is Portis Head. Uh, they've also played 34, and then two points above them, Ashton and Backwell, played 32 and uh, they've got 29. It is relatively close up to um, Corsham in 18th, um, but, um, uh, well, interesting, uh, plenty to play for at both ends of the table. Hopefully, Tom, uh, we'll have more football um, to talk about uh, this time next week, but... I imagine that you've had just enough to write your article in this week's non-league paper. Yeah, uh, I managed to sneak in a couple hundred words on the Premier Division matches that went ahead. So yeah, just now, as I say, managed to get a little bit in the in the step five and six section. Yeah, and of course, your bulletin is also on the league website. Yeah, yeah, tried to do two over the the Easter period, but obviously the postponements kind of forced my hand a little bit. So yeah, just just the one, but obviously yeah, back back to normal next Saturday afternoon. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Have a great week and. Hopefully, we'll be able to watch some football Mm. before we do next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.